It's all about kicking back, relaxing, and enjoying the show. Take the time out of your day to listen to new music and the new sound of radio. Tune in every day, all day, for the greatest hits, latest news, and community events that you can be a part of. MoncoRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Hi everybody, it's Gene Simmons. You're listening to The Kiss Room on Monco Radio, but you knew that. Paul, with Thanksgiving coming up, we need to get a turkey. When's the last time you saw one back here in the woods? A couple of days ago. Hey, look, there it goes! Get the gun! Honey, that ain't no pistol. Uh, Paul, didn't you bring a gun? Honey, that ain't no pistol, that's my... What? Come on, shoot it! Army, you wanted the best and you got it. I am Matt Porter and you are in the Kiss Room. It's our November issue of the Kiss Room. I am shot out of a cannon right directly to you here in the Kiss Room. I'm going to pull down this ravaging crowd. They're going crazy. They can't believe it because on the line right now, I have the great Anthony DeLucia, the demon of a live 75. Anthony, welcome back to the Kiss Room. Matt Porter, how are you? And thanks for having me. Hey, look, if I was any better, I'd be twins. And I think we all know that I have a twin. So I'm doing pretty great. It's a Friday and I'm talking to you. How could I be doing any better? Now, look, anybody who listens to the Kiss Room knows that I have had a lot of fun with a live 75. You guys are the best. And for me, I'm not, I'm not going to take it all the way back to the start, but I'm going to tell you, anybody that remembers my story is probably early 2014. I get a call from this woman, Pat Drevich, my friend here at school, and she says, Matt, I got a call from a guy in a Kiss tribute band. I think you want to talk to him. That man was none other than you, Anthony Delusia. How are you, pal? <laughs> You have been a solid friend of the band from day one. And yeah, going back to that point and through all of the experiences we've had, it's been fantastic. Having the best time ever. You know, having the best time ever. And it's fun because I think about those times like that was really exciting. And and it's funny because... You know, when we were first, now obviously, look, it's a little bit bittersweet because I know one of the things you're going to talk about today is that a live 75 is going to do an end of the road kind of a thing. We're going to work up to that, Anth. But first, I want to think about more of the stuff from along the way. I mean, obviously, like I said, that was around 2014. So the wheels were in motion. We kept things kind of moving. You came down, I even met with you. And then it was May 9th, 2015, we did what, I mean, obviously anybody that listens to the Kiss Room has heard this story. May 11th, 1974, Kiss was supposed to play here at Monaco, blah, blah, blah. But we actually brought Kiss, Alive 75, to the campus of Monaco, May 9th, 2015. It was your whole group, plus Len D'Alessio, plus the great J.R. Smalling. 
Now, that was a blast. And the other one, I, I always want to give a shout-out. Chef Keith Taylor came with us that day. Now, I had met Chef Keith a couple months earlier. He had come in and done a radio show here at Monco. And he says, and we start talking. It turns out he and Joe were good friends. He was good friends yep. with Vampire Kelly Stevens, who I had known forever. And Chef Keith says to me, hey, look, when those guys come in, you tell me, I'll hook you up. Now, Chef Keith makes awesome barbecue. And that's why I call him <laughs> Chef Keith, right? Now, usually when people say they're going to hook you up, you know, that's like, you know, your friend says they'll help you move. They're not really going to help you move a piano. That day... When you guys all came in, I'm sure you remember, Chef Keith was the first one here with three giant insulated boxes filled with yep. pork and chicken and this Graham's potato salad. And he laid out a table full of stuff. And in comes Len D'Alessio. In comes all the cool people of Live 75 and J.R. Smalling. And you know what? The way I remember it, nobody wanted to come in and do the show. You were all wanting to eat. So I interviewed Chef Keith. And anybody wants to go back and listen to that, great fun. What do you remember about that? I mean, that was really the first big yeah. event for me here with Live 75. Yeah. Now, so I think that, um, I think that was when we, we were all in the Kiss Room for your broadcast. That was in advance of the actual show if I'm not mistaken, right? We were there, interviewed, we had a great time. I remember the spread, the food was outstanding. <laughs> and we went through kind of how we were all connected. We talked about, you know, how we met Len. He, he, he was, if I remember correctly, uh, he had a funny story about when Joe bumps into him at the expo <laughs> yeah. and says, oh, Len, oh, you, yeah, okay, all right, we got this kiss thing. And, uh, you know, they start talking, and Len's like, oh, so, so who are you? He goes, I'm the cat man. And Len kind of just looks him up and down. He goes, hmm, okay, so you're a little taller than Peter. And for, for people who maybe don't know, I think Joe maybe comes in at around 6'1 or 6'2. I maybe actually shy an inch or two. He's a tall man. Joe's a he tall cat. He gets it done behind the drums, though. He, gets, he, is, he is. He gets it done behind the drums, though. But, but yeah, so, I mean, we relive those things, those, those stories. Um, obviously, Jr. If I'm not mistaken, also, my memory serves me, Jr. left you with a bit of an um, alarm clock, voicemail, anywhere you can get an alert. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. Any, if, you. If, if you go back and listen to that, better than any autograph, at the end, I always say, you know, hey, look, anybody got anything else they want to say? And everybody's going around. And Jr. leans up to the mic and just says, you know, you wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the world, Matt Porter. And that is my alarm clock in the morning. And, you know, it makes you feel good when you wake up. And it's just like, uh, you know, the funny thing, what, one thing I always remember about this, and this is kind of behind the scenes, was we already had the show in place because you had worked right. with Brent Woods and everybody here. and it was, But we, we couldn't announce it because we weren't allowed because they hadn't announced it to their subscribers yet. So right. we were kind of like, you know, kayfabing. Oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great if we did a show here? And everybody's like, yeah, it would be great. Yeah, <laughs> So that's right. So fast forward, that same crowd plus Lydia, right, is at this show. I believe Keith, uh, Chef Keith um, helped us out backstage with the, yes, the meal yeah. for the crew and the band, right? So we, we had a bit of a reconvene. I think you got each one of those folks back into the kiss room while we were kind of sound checking and getting ready for the show. And then 
you know, as you say, we had the best time ever. You know what was really fun? If you remember, you guys came down here to Community Day that year prior to Hype It Up. Got all dressed up, walked around That's the right. campus, That's took right. about a million pictures with every... I'll tell you, people, anybody, I'm sure that, you know, coming off of Halloween or whatever, if you dress up and you walk around, everybody wants a picture with Kiss, right? It was packed. It was a gorgeous fall day, kind of like, you know, what we're having maybe today. And people were just left and right. They want a picture with Kiss, and here they are, and boom, 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 and that was awesome. And that night was really like an amazing show here at Monco. I think one of the highlights, I would say, of the Kiss Room in the fact that we kind of we ended up building it into a whole event called Kiss Hunger Goodbye, where during yep. the whole day, yep. we had people dropping off food donations, which was fantastic, so it was for a good cause. And then a lot of them, it was I felt like I was a contest winner because, you know, I knew half of everybody in the in the place by their first name, which was a blast. And then we had <laughs> you guys play, which was great. And that's the other thing. I got to go up on stage with... Len D'Alessio, J.R. Smalling, and Lydia Chris, and do a Q&A. They're all in here ahead of time. I remember even the funny thing, this is one of the funniest things about podcasting. You know, you meet people virtually all the time. Pasquale Vari, you know, he does the um, yep. the Kiss Army Nation podcast. Came all the way from Canada to be here. And here's the funny thing. I'm kind of in charge of the event on this end of it anyway. And I'm moving like a table down the hall. And all of a sudden I see, and here he comes walking down the hall. And it's just like, you feel like you've known him all your life. But I had literally like at that moment met him. And I remember thinking, how cool was that? You know, and that was such a fun night. You guys rocked the place, which was amazing. And the funny thing I always remember was the fact that, uh, you know, I had been in that auditorium a million times because we used to have our, uh, you know, our faculty meetings, our administrative meetings, our you know, productions, all kind of stuff. And I think I made the joke that tonight you might actually see actual fire breathing, but I've seen fire breathing here in these administrative meetings. So it's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But that was no, a blast. I, I think about that all the time. Like you guys brought such a great show. And I think the one thing, and I, I know one of the things we talk about, this was always, and this is my feeling about it. What made you guys different was that whole experiential. You had the whole 1975 thing set up in the, in the, foyer yeah. there with posters and clips on tv and how did you get that idea and how did you bring that to such life so the how um it just pops in my head uh, it literally i mean i was watching a tribute band uh at the time and i was thinking to myself i was being somewhat critical of them it wasn't a kiss tribute it was actually a doors tribute at the time that we were my wife and i were enjoying and and I was getting a little bit antsy because I'm listening to the music, but I felt there was more that we could be done. So here I am now almost uh, like if I produced this thing, what would I be doing, right? There'd be Paisley things going on. There'd be some newsreels flowing. There'd be, you know, this is the 60s. There's a lot going on. There's Vietnam. There's, there's all sorts of stuff happening in the world at this time when this music is happening. And then I start critiquing the room that they're in, which was the Sussex County Community College Technical Theater, and it was relatively new at the time. It might have only been open a couple of years, so everything is fresh and clean. And I'm like, wow, they got good, good stuff here, good infrastructure, good support. Hey, I could do a kiss show here. I mean, Things we could blow just, up. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and I wasn't in a kiss band. I mean, you know, I was a huge kiss fan. I was part of Kissamania. That was what I called my band when I was 13 years old. And we dressed up and played, as I'm sure, on 90% of the people on your you know, listening lists here have done, right? We're, we've all got those pictures and um, never thought to do that because 
as an adult and as a, as a semi-professional and professional musician, you know, there are those bands and there are a lot of good ones out there. And I just didn't have it in me or an interest to just be another one of those. But when I started like going through this kind of critiquing of the doors thing and then bringing it over to what we could do with a kiss show in 1975, it just kept building in my head. The next day I was making phone calls and trying to think about how to put this all together. So it really was a spontaneous thing. Um, and, and, you know, you asked what makes us different or you stated that's what makes us different. And you're up that, that is it, right? I didn't want to just be another kiss tribute. I wanted to do something I felt wasn't really happening. And I give props to the guys in the, you know, I guess in the nineties that were really doing kiss, but weren't kiss, but they were as kiss as you can get without being kiss. You know, the big productions <laughs> right. and touring the country and putting it all on stage like it was, in some of the smaller towns where KISS would not stop in, right? I get that. And then you fast forward to today, and I'm thinking, well, where is some of that, right? And how close can we get? And not just the show, but the time period. And that's what ballooned into the photo gallery and the video reels and the live actors and the sounds and the sights and the smells and the really trying to get people rooted in the time period before the show actually happened. And then the last element here is the To Be Alive album, which I think for most KISS fans, certainly for me, is the most critically acclaimed, the most important part of their history. Um, it, it catapults them. And we wanted to just do justice to that as best we can and bring it to life. And that's the, that became the whole focus. We're going to create 1975, and we're going to create that album live in front of your eyes. And that's what we did. Which was really amazing. I mean, and I was so fortunate, I think, to see it kind of in its earliest stage like that. I mean, you guys were probably about a year into it by the time you played Monco. And the thing yeah, that, that, yeah. that I really, that was the thing. It was like a whole experience. In a way, it was almost like a mini expo as well. You had those three amazing guest stars coming in, in, you know, J.R., Len, and Lydia. I mean, imagine that. Now, and luckily, I mean, I, hey, look, I got to do the Q&A with them ahead of time, which was great fun. My brother just sent me a clip from that show where I'm flipping uh, shirts into the crowd and you know having a blast and anthony porter shout out to you i love that clip um but the and i think really but like going from that i mean you were starting from scratch what did you learn and what were the toughest parts of the way to create such a full experience wow so um we learned very quickly the day after the first weekend of of the shows this is a lot harder than it looks like we we knew what we wanted to focus on and I think we did a fantastic job, uh, give myself a little bit of prop in the, in the band. Absolutely. I mean, right? That we put on stage what looked like the real thing. It was the real thing. There was nothing fake on stage. Those were real amps and those were real, you know, speaker cabinets. And we didn't want to go with props and things like that. We tried to recreate that environment. So when you look at it, fantastic, right? We did a great job. The experiential component, um, you know, that was... I think I'd say that was that was easier to do. Uh, it was just pulling pieces of things together. But the performance was tough. I mean, you, you, we left the stage, we left that weekend saying, oh, my gosh, what it takes to perform, to be as active, to, to deliver as much energy as in our heads we thought we were doing. And then looking at some of the video reels, say, wow, I wasn't really as busy as I thought I was. I didn't jump <laughs> as high as I thought I did. I, I'm not moving around like I thought I was. What's going on? Right? And then to right, focus on that and try to continue to develop that over the years. And, you know, I, I, I push friends, family, and fans. Like, if you've seen us the first year or two, come back and see us now because it, mm, it, right. it has progressed. It has evolved. And it was a learning 
process. It was something we did not, I mean, we trained for it, if you will, right? We were working out, we're exercising, we're stretching, we're, you know, but then you get up there, you know, like this takes a whole lot more work than what we thought. Um, uh, I would also say we learned about the criticality of the fans. Uh, some of our early pictures, if I look at them now, I cringe <laughs> because I'm more focused on stuff that in the beginning I wasn't. I was just a wide-eyed fan looking to have a good time and thinking I was going to deliver that good time to a bunch of other people that were going to enjoy it. And in all honesty, I think most people did. But then they're critical fans. I'll call them the two or three percenters, right, that really nitpicked on stuff and pointed stuff out. And even there, right, some of them were very supportive. Like, you guys, I give you props, but that's really not right. Or this could have been better. Or, and I love it, right? We, we ate all that up. And then, of course, there's, a, there's 1% of them that you never going to satisfy. And I, I get that, too. But well, you know, shout out to every Kiss tribute band who has learned yes. from their fans yes. that you know the glove on the left has one too many studs on the you know, uh -huh. the, and, you know and they notice they notice everything. <laughs> yeah, no, and we so so again, we, you know, that's that was total learning for us. We, we that was like blindsided, like oh my gosh, and we missed all of that, right, <laughs> and didn't realize it until it was in front of us, and now we focus on it more. The last thing I you know I would kind of say to this in terms of learning was the appreciation for KISS the band. Right. What they did, what they developed, what they went out and pioneered before anybody was doing anything even close to it. And then, you know, specifically, my character, Gene Simmons the Demon, right? You'll always find these arguments about how good or not and how important or not and how relative or not is he. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a bass player who picked up the bass guitar because of that man. And I'm one of bazillions right and then to get up and do it the way he did it as best i could and experience what it's like to get dressed in these cramped little rooms and get on stage on you know seven inch heels and then try to be jumping and running and not looking down at your hands and singing and playing and all of that at the same time it's a lot of work it's not a country band no offense to country music it's actually my <laughs> favorite music these days but you don't just kind of get up there and play some good music. You put all this other show around it, and it just takes a lot to, to develop, to perfect, and to deliver. Um, again, you don't think about it until you get that close to it and then have a full appreciation for it. And then, you know, back to what you just said, right? Props to any tribute band, uh, uh, any Kiss tribute band who's getting out there and doing it. Just putting the makeup on your face is more work than anybody else has to go through. You lay in all the other pieces, and you're just doing more and more and more and more. And our fans appreciate that. We get that. Um, for me, uh, it, was a, it was a fantastic learning experience the entire way. And look, for anybody who's just tuning in, you're in the Kiss Room. I'm with Anthony DeLucia, the Gene Simmons, the demon of Alive 75. We're having a great time remembering some of the things that we did here with Alive 75 in the Kiss Room. I mean, thinking about that, I mean, obviously, you were able to connect with a lot of people I, I always thought, I mean, it was amazing if you wanted ever for a tribute band to put a quote on your resume was watching J.R. Smalling walk around the stage kind of visually measuring everything in his mind. And he, I remember him saying to you, this, is a, this looks exactly like I remember it. Now, he's remembering 1975. Yeah, he's looking at yeah. your stage and, and this is how I remember it, which I remember being blown away. You couldn't find a higher compliment from somebody who had been there absolutely than for JR to say that. I mean, really, 
you know, for any tribute band to get that kind of compliment was astonishing, I thought. And certainly yeah. accurate. I mean, what you guys were doing, I'll tell you, it was funny. Because, I mean, we're going to go back really with me remembering a lot of this stuff. I remember the night before you guys played, and you came down here, and you were loading in, you are setting everything up. How exciting it was just to see that logo go up in the background. You know, and, yeah. and I just got to be a big fat fly on the wall and just sit there and watch. <laughs> and it was such a blast. I mean, you had always a great crew of people you know, obviously, you know, it was something that, that as I've known you, you are meticulous. You're going to do it right if you're going to do it. And I remember sitting there watching you just in the empty auditorium, watching you guys work, thinking, this is going to be amazing. And it really was. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the JR comment uh, you, you referenced. That was at the March show in the, in the Sherman. It was our first show right. after the school shows. Now, the two shows we did at the school were intended to be a once and done. And then we decided, let's you know, take this around a little bit more. And March in the Sherman Theater was the first time. Um, and the first time we had JR, I think, was when we returned to the Sherman later that year. But the, the, the date is not important. Um, Len, Len D'Alessio had uh, put us in touch with JR. Um, JR had graciously agreed to um, come to one of our shows, and we worked out a, an opportunity for him to sign and sell his books, talk to some people, um, and, and it really was that kind of business arrangement, if you will. Um, he was very personable, and we got a lot more out of that relationship than we ever expected. Um, but, you know, before we get into that, that moment, he was walking around on the stage, and I remember seeing him with his hands in his pockets and, you know, from the back, and he's just staring. He's just staring at the, I think it was the candelabra. He was on the right. stage right side looking at the, the bass amps and just, just in the trance and later on mentioned, man, I, actually, I think he did it as part of the Q&A and said something to the effect of what you just said. But this is exactly how I remember it. Right. That, the amplifier stack was exactly the right distance from the riser and that candelabra and you know this kind of thing and so yeah we did appreciate that uh that was that was it was huge it was huge you know it was amazing i mean that's i think about it then a couple times you let me be like an mc we did the sherman theater thing i got to broadcast yep. from the from out in the lobby i got to host it the one year where i'm giving away christmas presents and you know throwing things into the crowd Look, I'm not a rock star, and I barely know three chords, but it, there's nothing like throwing Kiss Room guitar picks into the crowd and watching people <laughs> actually try and get them. You know, look, I'm just some jabroni, but if they want my guitar pick, man, I'll be happy to give it to you. The, uh, I mean, thinking of that, I mean, obviously, like I, I keep saying, look, I appreciate the fact you let me be part of so much fun, but what were some of your proudest moments? I mean, thinking back to the run with a live 75. Well, in terms of pride, right? I mean, delivering on that concept, immensely satisfying. I mean, I, I still don't, nobody's come to me and shown me where that, to that level, has been done before. So having been able to do that, the team, to put that out there, I mean, it, it, we love it. We just love having been with that part of history, uh, you know, as we, as we move forward, right? Um, but then taking it a step further, like, we... we, we toward that show the first year or so and did our best to keep recreating that same alive experience and then realized, okay, we've kind of moved through our region. People want more. What do we do? And so we started to then follow from 75 forward. And we did, I believe, like an April 76 early European tour where we yeah. introduced some of the Destroyer music. And then we moved to Destroyer costumes and we did some of the Destroyer rock and roll over tour sets. And we changed up what the set looked like to, to, 
further kind of get there. Um, we actually had plans just pre-COVID to, to, to try to look at getting to 1977 and looking at ANLI 2 stage set. We were working with the Sherman, having conversations on what can we do to get as close. I don't know that we were going to have lighted stairs, but we were going to get damn close <laughs> to giving that experience. We were going to change up our costumes again. We were going to play that tour set. And what we were trying to do was to take our fan base who, you know, we're seeing us on a regular basis and keeping it fresh, but also keeping the experience, right? So a lot of our people are people who were there the first time. And they remember going from concert to concert and tour to tour and seeing the new mu- and hearing the new music and seeing the new sites. And we were trying to do that too. So I think our focus on trying to keep that experience moving uh, is, is immensely gratifying. Uh, in terms of, you know, other satisfaction for me, just one real personal point. I was able to do this with my family. Uh, you know, Angela, my wife, was our production house manager. Uh, so she's there with me at every show. Shout out then, to your lovely wife. Yeah. She is delightful. <laughs> every time I've ever seen her, she's fantastic. She always, if I was there, she always made sure, hey, look, do you need something to drink? We would do the broadcast. And I would even get her to come on the mic once in a while, which I know she says, look, I don't want to come on the mic, but she used, <laughs> she would do it because, and you know what? I love her. You know that she's awesome. And the fact that yeah. you had your yeah. family, you know, just, it always did feel like a big family. Everybody right. that was involved, it was the Kiss Alive 75 family. Always amazing, yeah. Ann. If, if it wasn't happening on stage, she was in charge of it all. So everything from what happened when we first rolled in and set things up around the auditorium and everything else to the, the hospitality and the meals and getting everything right backstage, all, she was running with all of that. And to your point, any guests and any other folks that were setting up because they were part of the bigger show, she was running with it. And then on stage... Stage left, stage right were both my boys, Nick and Anthony. And these were teenage kids who kind of got dragged into daddy's hobby. <laughs> but they appreciated it. They enjoyed it. They took it seriously. Daddy took it seriously, probably a little too seriously. Um, <laughs> but they became phenomenal tech support. I mean, these are guys who are on the stage taking care of shit that the people on the stage don't even realize need taking care of. There was a show I remember finding out later that, you know, one of my sons, Nick, put my wireless receiver back on my strap. It had fallen down. It was, you know, and I didn't even realize it was, it happened or that he was there fixing it. And so it was that kind of stuff that we got really spoiled with. Um, but beyond the, the benefit of the show, for me personally, we were able to experience this together. So daddy wasn't coming home from a weekend away to tell the stories. My kids and my wife were there for those stories, which was fantastic. And yeah, you got to be so proud. I mean, when you look over and you see your sons really with your work ethic, and I know what your work ethic is, they followed in your footsteps. And it was always exciting. And you'd give them a shout out from the stage and they'd wave from the back, but they were doing it. I mean, it was really exciting. Yep. And, and that was always so much fun. I think, and look, obviously another highlight of your career has to be, how'd you learn how to breathe fire, Anth? <laughs> <laughs> so here's a couple of shout outs, right? Woo! To, uh, Guido Vasili and um, my other buddy there out of Tennessee, Robert Bentley. Uh, I yes. guess Robert Bentley was Bob Bentley the Dragon. He was the most instrumental. I mean, he gave me his time. He gave me his insights. He shared with me his successes and his failures. Uh, and if it wasn't for 
some good long conversations on phone, uh, on the telephone with him, I, I probably wouldn't have had uh, what I needed to feel comfortable to give it a try. And then there's some practicing. Um, and pr- prior to that was, you know, I'll give a shout out to Rich, Rich um, uh, at Berkowitz at the Sherman, who basically said, dude, why don't you just blow fire? And I'm like, really? <laughs> I hadn't thought about it at that point, because as you know, with the original shows and with a lot of the areas in the Northeast, you, you can't have live flame in these yeah, places. Yeah, we, we weren't allowed. We weren't allowed here at Monaco. That was, I remember so, that. They so were like, we no way. <laughs> yeah, so we created something that we felt in a Broadway kind of way, at least gave the fans and the people who are watching the show an experience of what it would have looked like and what it would have been like um, when, when it happened. And so, but, uh, but yeah, so those, those guys, and again, especially uh, Bob Bentley was, 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 was huge in helping me to kind of get started there. You know, he is the coolest guy. We were hanging out. We've hung out a couple times in Nashville when I go for the Rock and Pot, and he walks yeah, in in his yeah. armor, and really one of the coolest guys on the planet just to hang with. Um, I've always enjoyed that. I mean, obviously, and look, we're having a great time thinking about all this stuff, but it does lead us up to the fact that a live 75 is going to wrap this up and you got a date coming up at the Debonair Music Hall on Saturday, December 4th, which is going to be with a tear in my eye, the last <laughs> Alive 75 show. Anth, what's going on? That is the end of the road show. Uh, we've been asked, oh, yeah, haha, when's the reunion tour? Or you know, right. when's the farewell right. tour? And, you know, That's how long the way is that it works. Right. We're KISS fans. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sad to say we will not be sharing that experience. Um, we, we, we will be doing our final show on December 4th. Um, couple things here, um, and, and while not the cause of it, I would say the COVID layoff yeah. uh, provided some opportunity to reflect. Um, the, the, the whole time away was really an opportunity for me to rethink kind of what are we doing here, how are we doing it. Um, just prior to the COVID layoff, I would say we had a phenomenal year planned. Phenomenal. Leading up to that 1977 experience at the Sherman at the end of that year. But that year starts with one show in Massachusetts, and then everything goes dark. Everything's canceled. Everything's postponed. Mm. We're done. Nobody, there's no live entertainment. And so people go to do whatever they're doing during the pandemic. And me, I'm doing a lot of thinking about, do we rebuild this and do we put it back out there? Um, we decided we would. It wasn't that it was going to go away at that point. But when we reconvened and we started playing again and we looked at the opportunities that we were being presented I wasn't looking for some of the opportunities that some of the other guys were and vice versa. And it really became obvious that some of us were looking for different things. And I mean, bands don't last forever. That's why. Um, and, and that's what happened here. Right. So for us, uh, for me personally, I'm not going to put words on anybody else's mouth or really speak to anybody else's ideas, but a couple of us are thinking we need to go one way. A couple of us are thinking, well, this is okay too. A couple of us are thinking, no, 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 I don't want to be over there. And, you know, it, it just gets to be kind of messy. So for me, I was more than willing to step out, which is how it started when in August we announced we were looking for a replacement for the demon because I just said, wherever you guys want to go, it's not really where I'm looking to go. Um, the search went on for a while, but it also over the, the course of that time, August through November, I guess, um, there was still continued discussion about the direction of the band among the three of folks who were looking to go forward. Um, and that continued to kind of wind its way to where we are now. And so we all 
we all agreed that Alive 75 is not necessarily what it was when it started, which was all about that experience. We had become a little bit more run of the mill in terms of uh, we're playing some Kiss songs, and this is great, but that's not what Alive 75 was. And for me, I want to preserve what Alive 75 was um, and has always been. So with that, we all agreed that December 4th, we'll do our final show. We're going to do an extended set. We're going to play a little bit extra music and try to keep people happy for a little bit longer. Um, we're going to, uh, it's at Debonair, which is an up close and personal kind of place, which gives us a good opportunity to uh, meet with folks, uh, and share some stories and all that good stuff. Um, but then it comes to an end. Then the live 75 is a, uh, footnote in history. You know, speaking of ke- keeping people happy, you have happy Hawthorne opening the show for you night that night. So that will be exciting. Boy, you are masterful at how you weave these you things know, together. Yes, it all fits like a puzzle, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, that's got to be fun, too, because that's your son's band, right? Yes, 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 absolutely. My, my son uh, plays uh, lead guitar in that band. They're an awesome group of uh, young adults. They do great stuff. They have a combination of some covers and some original music, which has got a great poppy hook to it. And uh, people will love them. They've opened for us, I think, twice before. Uh, and not because we're related. Um, we actually put them through a let's go see and make sure that you can do this kind of thing. And uh, the members of the band agreed, yeah, they could open for us. It'll work. And, uh, and so, yeah, we've, we've had them gladly uh, play with us before. You know, it does work. They have a great sound, and it's, it's a little different. You know, it's not like you're going to see, you know, another, like, a tribute band opening for a tribute band. They, are, they write original right. music, so it's great fun. Yeah. Um, you know, the times that I saw them with you guys, you know, they're gr- that's a good band. It's something, you know, fun. It's value added for people who are coming to the Debonair Music Hall on Saturday, December 4th. I believe all the reserved seats are sold out, correct? Yes, yes, they are. There's still uh, a good portion of general admission, but that'll, that'll pick up as we kind of move through. We're just looking at, you know, three, four weeks at most, right? Three weeks from now. Yeah, it's coming um, fast. And we, we generally do well. So uh, we've been telling people online and whoever we're sp- speaking to, if you know you're coming, then know you're coming and get those tickets in advance. You know, we've had a great time kind of thinking about all those things. And one thing I, that I really... One of my other great memories of the fact was that the last show that I was at of the Live 75 was December 7th, 2019. It was the wrap-up at the Sherman Theater. And we did that whole intro thing where I remember what you know whipping up the crowd by having people come down to the front. And I said, okay, who wants to say the intro? And everybody was getting wound up and they're saying... You know, you wanted the best and you got it. And they're shouting and the place is going berserk and we're heating the place up. And then JR himself came out. We did a little quick Q&A thing. And then I actually have it on video because I turned my phone on and I kind of got it sideways. And I, you know, I, I said to him, are you ready? And he says, of course. And, and, I'm, and I handed him the mic. And you did that. You did a nice dedication to him, thanking him for all his help and how he had helped you so much. And then he did that intro and I would say, and it puts a tear in my eye again, it's probably the last time he ever did it, was that show for you guys in December 2019, because it wasn't too many months later he had passed away. Yeah, yeah, no, it very well may have been the last time he did. Um, we had a great relationship. Uh, you know, outside of the band, we did become somewhat personally connected. Uh, we've shared a number of phone calls. We've shared uh, a number of hours together at different times. He was um, 
it was a great opportunity to know him for the, the years that we did. Everybody has different relationships with people at different times in their lives. Uh, and for the time that we were connected to JR, it was, uh, it was a great experience for both of us, I think. You know what? That night after the show, so we're sitting over in the seats off to the side, and he comes over and he says, and I can't really repeat it on the air, but he goes, man, the way you had them doing that intro, that was effing great. <laughs> and he was so proud of it, and he just said it was just great to hear people get so excited. And anybody that, that was there that night, I think, you know, we all felt it. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because it was fun. And that's at the end of it, man, if it can be fun, that's all you need. If the last couple of years have taught us anything, it squeeze as much fun out of everything as you can. And look, I just I got to say thank you so much for letting me have been a part of uh, of a even just a small part of a Life 75 family and all the fun that we had, Anth. Our pleasure, Matt. It's been fantastic. <laughs> fantastic shot out of a cannon. Best time ever. It's all the things I like to say. Anthony DeLucia, is there anything else you'd like to say before I wrap this up? No, I think we're good. I think it's been a great run. I'm uh, pleased to be talking to you about it. It's a fantastic opportunity. Um, let's say that after our end of the road show, we'll see what comes for uh, for us in the future. I mean, all four of us have uh, some inclination to continue to perform in some way, shape, or form, whether it's alternate projects or in fill-in spots and things like that. So I think you know people will still be able to connect with us from time to time, um, but we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, at some point, there'll be the book. And at that, at that point, you'll, you'll have all the details you need to know. So what we're going to say is everybody can go see Live 75 on the, uh, at the Debonair Music Hall Saturday, December 4th. It's going to be the most fun time ever as they kind of wrap up their run. But you never know, like in, with Kiss, hey, you never know what's going to happen next. It's always the most fun. Anthony, thanks a million. I will talk to you soon. And I'm going to send you out with a track that I, I put this together just for this moment. And you're in the Kiss Room on Monco Radio where music and minds you meet. You are the best and you Awesome, man. Thanks. The heart is better than the Shut
Oh, yeah. Now, look, I'm going to give a shout-out. Anthony DeLucia, thank you for calling in. Look, along the way of doing the Kiss Room, I have met a lot of great people, and that's one of the great ones right there. I really appreciate you calling in, uh, like I said, and for letting me be part of so much fun. Um, one thing that we mentioned during that interview was we talked about when we had a Live 75 here, we did an event that we called um, Kiss Hunger Goodbye, which at the time we were asking people to bring in cans of food, and it was a food donation thing, and it was all, obviously it was right around Thanksgiving. We have that coming up again. We actually have it going on right now. Monco Radio, if you're listening to me live, and I know I got you all over the planet, tuned in, having the best time on a Friday. We're doing what's called the Rock and Stock Marathon, and, and we actually kicked it off a, a couple weeks ago, and we're actually doing another live event, and it's happening on Saturday, November 20th, right here on Monco Radio. So if you're listening live to Monco Radio, where music and minds meet, and I know you are, you can tune in that day, but really what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise money for Montgomery County Community College's stock-up pantry. And it's really simple. Is basically the stock-up pantry provides food, like grab-and-go kind of food, for students on campus, okay? Now, think about this. If you're hungry during the day, you're walking around campus, you got that math test, which you don't want to take a math test anyway, but you're hungry, you could grab a granola bar. We have a table right outside Monco Radio Studio where you could grab a granola bar, maybe like a Snickers bar, something quick, maybe an apple. Hey, look, I think junk food's, you know, a Snickers bar, but you might be healthy. But what we're looking for, look, is just if you go to MontcoRadio.com, you might even be listening via the website right now. You can see there's a link to donate. And what we're what we're trying to do is you can donate money. You don't even got to go to the store. You, you know, it would be great if you want during that day, come down here. Um, you, could, you could make your donation right here in the studio. But obviously in this age, money is just as good. Now, even if you give a dollar, okay, one dollar can buy a candy bar, right? Look, I know from looking just at my own Podomatic page, I did two shows in October, right? Each one had, you know, a little bit over 20,000 plays and downloads. I mean, that's, I'm reaching people all over the planet. I know that if a quarter of that would put in a dollar, a dollar, right? That's a lot of candy bars. So I'm asking you, my listeners, who I love you all, if you would think about putting some money in to that, it would be great. Now, I know some of you already have, so shout out to those of you that have. I know the college was very happy with our donation returns that happened when we first did the event, you know, back in October. But this one coming up on the 20th is going to kind of wrap it up. So you could go there right now, click on the link, put in a couple bucks, whatever, you know, suits you. You might tell them, hey, look, I heard it on the Kiss Room because I love the Kiss Room. But you know what? But that day, starting at like 8 o'clock in the morning, we're going to have Camilla's Kitchen live. Everybody within the sound of my voice who listens to the Kiss Room, you know you want to tune in at 9 o'clock for the sweet, sweet sounds of Candy's Kiss Corner, right? So during Candy Show, you could donate. You got Time Bomb Radio. Of course, John's on usually every Saturday, half the day, till I think he taps out after about four hours. His show's great. You got even completely damaged. He's going to try and pull it together, get a guest in here, but it's going to go on all day, okay? And I could flap my gums about this a lot. You know, but really, I think all I'm asking you, if you're listening, you know, look, everything I do, I give it away to you for free. I give away things. I give away buttons. I do all that stuff. I'm just saying, look, if you have another dollar, go to that MontcoRadio.com, click on the link. I'll stop asking you. 
you know, just go. And then if you want to tell me, hey, Matt, I put a couple dollars in, even better. If you wanted to mention in the comments when you donate that you heard it on the Kiss Room, they love, they go, what's the Kiss Room? I say, yeah, it's, it's the Kiss Room. So look, you know, it's, uh, it's really exciting. I mean, obviously, it's one of those things where it's something that Montgomery County Community College has been the home base of the Kiss Room the entire time. You know, uh, even like I mentioned, obviously, we just had that great conversation with Anthony you know, that we had a great time when Alive 75 came here and played. So it's all about KISS. It's all about having a good time. Yes, I'm asking all of you very nicely as I can. You know, uh, it'll be fun. Okay, speaking of fun, let me cue up another track here. I'm going to see what track this is on my playlist. Anybody that's been following Ace's Facebook or Ace's Instagram has seen Ace putting up pictures of his socks, Right. So, of course, the amazingly talented Fran Galanti and Jerry Lee Watkins, you know, the Kiss Room house band, made this song, which I really think should go viral. You're seeing Ace's socks. If you're paying attention, this will make a lot of sense. Ready? Crank this up. Driving down the road Don't they look good on me So take a pic As I drive by Beside me That make me feel better Beside me They look good with my sweater Beside me Touch your argons on me When I feel low Socks keep me high Suck me They make me feel better Suck me They look good with a sweater Suck me It ain't a time of weather Come on Look, between playing Deuce earlier and playing that, if I can't start your weekend with something good, Kiss Room House Band, Fran and Jerry, I think that's amazing. If you've been following along with Ace Pic Ace's pictures, you know why that's so great. 
Um, look, we're running up at the top of the hour. We will have a full set from the Kiss Room House Band. Of course, I'm excited about that. We're also going to set the uh, satellite and connect all the way with Sweden. I have Jesper Lindgren, Gustav Kronfeld, and Phil Schaus are going to talk about a new album they did called Car Jam 21. Uh, but first, I'm going to send a couple more shout-outs. Obviously, these people that share my link, I appreciate it. Joe Simbelli, Steve Javorski, Dana Russell, Sean Cullen, Tony Mann, Josiah Horn, Rick Friel, Javier Boaster, Kiss Army Omaha. Now, look, I need somebody in the uh, studio here to go, Omaha, Mikhail Burel, Pasquale Barry from Kiss Army Nation Podcast. If you're not listening to his podcast, you should be. Great stuff. Britton Mitchell from Kiss Cosplay Group. Uh, Matt Unversaw from Strange Ways Radio. Craig Bauer from Kisspirational. Dottie Jones. Rolla Brown from North Carolina Kiss Army. North Carolina. Bill Elam. Eric Alberti from The Kiss Cave. Hannah Rogg from the We Will Bloggy website. John Phillips. Sam Dotton. Cameron Duty from Alive Unplugged, the music of Kiss. Of course, Candy Burton from Candy's Kiss Corner as well as a handful of candy heard right here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. David Cathy, Greg Johnson, Mike Moon, Ron Jones from the Let It Rip podcast, Shane Hebert, Chris Ann Colvin, Myra Chapman, Chris Simcoe, Mike Simcoe, Jason Gallinger, Kat Mara, Christopher Hartman, Barb Hillerzewski, David Zanet, James West, Linda Moskal, John Weinberger from Time Bomb Radio, heard right here on Monaco Radio. Punk and Judy, my friends, Eric and Judy Wisniewski from The Electric Crush, which you can hear every Wednesday from 7 to 9 via Tube City Online. If you're using the TuneIn app, same as you listen to me, you could tune into them. Peter Arquette from Kiss Asylum. Of course, we had good fun when he was here. Joe Polo from Podcast Rock City, who just scored the coolest interview with Gene Simmons. If you haven't heard it, you got to listen. Ken Mills and the podcast, AJ Zonin. Anthony Porter, Madison Porter, Amy Porter. And if I miss your name, sorry, I'm shot out of a cannon. But I really do appreciate it. You got all those people sending, uh, sending, you know, sharing the links. Facebook buries it all. And I don't really know where else to go to promote some of the stuff anymore. Because, you know, Facebook hides the link or they tell you you're spamming or you're putting it on too much. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but look, thanks, everybody. One thing that I wanted to play for you real quick before we head to the top of the hour, Cameron Duty actually sent me this. Um, there's a, a man, Christopher Borgars, I think he's also from Sweden, so we've got a whole Swedish thing going on, is doing a project. If you go to facebook.com forward slash ancient door projects, the tribute to the elder, okay? And obviously the elder just celebrated an anniversary. You got to check this out. This is real cool. I'm going to play this for you and you're going to go to Facebook and find it, like their page and find out how you can get the full album. But check this out. This is pretty incredible. On Monco Radio, where music and minds meet.
So that's Ancient Door. Now I'm going to give a shout out again. Cameron Duty was the one who turned me on to that. And I know they will be appearing on his uh, Alive Unplugged, the Music of Kiss podcast. So keep your eyes open for that. I'm sure you'll see one of those posts and I will share it as well. Hey, Joe Laskin, nice to see you here. I saw you just posted. Um, 
Now, look, while I got a couple minutes, we're going to head up to the top of the hour. We're going to hear from the Kiss Room house band. We're going to hear about a new project called Car Jam, which I will I will put on my uh, Skype pair of headphones and my different microphone. Um, one thing I want to give a, a quick mention of before we go to the top of the hour is I am currently collecting songs for the Kiss Room Demos Project Volume 7. The plan was... You know, if you've been following along for even a minute in the Kiss Room, if you could write a song for Kiss, if somebody in Kiss said, write us a demo, we know you can do it, what would you do? Now, obviously, I have one track is from Josiah Horn. I know Mike Rule from Iron Fist is working on a song. My plan was to play them all in December. We're going to have a Kissmas party. I got the Kiss Room house band. We're going to have a Kissmas party. We're going to have the most fun ever. But you could be part of that. You know, send me your song. You know, I see a lot of tribute bands that are always posting their stuff in the group. I see a lot of googly-eyed people with, you know, playing along to, uh, you know, their favorite Kiss songs. Hey, look, take the next step. Can you write a song? You know, yeah, you can play along, but can you write a song? Because, you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, the girl at the Wawa or the Sheets or wherever you get your coffee in the morning, she's going to look at you a little bit closer when she realizes your original song has been in the Kiss Room. Right? She's going to say, hey, you must be somebody, and you must be somebody that I want to know. But anyway, go to thekissroom.com forward slash demos. There's tons of music on there from the past. I'd love it if you could be part of it, because obviously that's what it's about. You want to be part of it. You want to have your music played. You want to have the most fun ever. That's what it's all about. You know, we'll be back here in December, but uh, I think that's really the thing that I want to encourage anybody that's out there. If you're somebody that's in a band, if you're somebody that writes music, if you're somebody that, you know, wants to have a song here on The Kiss Room. And if you got any questions, you know, you can let me know. There's There's been some great stuff in the past. I'm looking for more great stuff in the future. The future being close, December, our next one, I'd love to play them all. I'd love to have an album. Right now it's an EP. Uh, speaking of talented people, obviously, look, the Kiss Room House Band, I cannot go by without saying thanks to these guys again and again and again. They've got an amazing set coming up. It's the kind of thing where, look, it's my favorite part of the day. So, you know, you want to hear deep cuts. If you think you're going to hear deep cuts and you don't listen to the Kiss Room House Band, I'll say it, you're a poser because this is where the deep cuts are happening. And I know you're listening right now. So if you're listening, then you're not a poser because you're listening, right? That's the way it works because we're here having the most fun time ever. Meet, meet you in the kiss room. Meet, meet you in the kiss room. With Matt Porter and the podcast crew. Hey, you're not allowed to smoke in the kiss room. Hi, everybody. It's Gene Simmons. You're listening to the kiss room on Montco Radio, but you knew that. You wanted the best and you got it. The hottest man in the land, Matt Porter. You're a jet all the way from your first cigarette to your last dying day. First up is Hide Your Heart. Here's the story. Paul hooks up with songwriter Holly Knight at her studio apartment. Paul with an acoustic guitar and Holly with a keyboard. They bounce around some ideas 
and Paul leaves with a song but no lyrics. Enter Desmond Child, who co-writes the lyrics with Paul. This tale of romance amid gang violence is reminiscent of West Side Story and the golden days of MTV, when every video was a mini-movie. You remember, Janie's Got a Gun, Uncle Tom's Cabin, the kind of video that always cut away to a shot of the band on the side of a mountain or in a rainstorm. This song was also covered by Bonnie Tyler, Molly Hatchett, Robin Beck, and Ace Frehley. So in the immortal words of Dallas Winston, You know, we gotta win that fight. We gotta get in with those socials. Let's do it for Johnny, man. We'll do it for Johnny. Better hold on tight Say your prayers Cause it's trouble to 
This song was written by Paul without a co-author. It was released in 1979 as a single only in Holland. Holland? Where it peaked at number 24. Paul also plays the lead guitar on this one. He must have had the magic touch. Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Presto, changeo, and now he is me. Pocus, pocus, we take her to bed. Magic is free. We're dead. She's got the magic touch And you're walking around in a dream She's got the magic touch
to this song seem very relevant to Ace's life. Always at odds with his demons, but tackling it with a sense of humor. Ace really came to the forefront as a songwriter on the Unmasked LP. Ironically, it was one of the band's best-selling studio albums, beating out The Elder, Creatures, Lick It Up, and others in initial sales. Two sides of the coin to choose from 
track the title is a variation on an old cliche he takes inspiration from a few classics i had no idea the lyric was have love will travel the song have love will travel written in 1959 by richard berry is one of the most covered songs of its time berry also wrote louie louie if you read berry's lyrics it screams gene also the classic cole porter lyric love for sale was banned from radio for being salacious. And of course the old Western TV show, Have Gun, Will Travel. Killer bass line, solo, background vocals, it has it all. If this song had a gong, it would be the coolest song ever. I'm so on the 
get a job, Spicoli. What for? You need money. <laughs> All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Last but not least is Young and Wasted. Ah, the good old days. A Vinnie Vincent co-write and Eric Carr's baby on tour. There's a great demo version on YouTube. Here's ours.
Kiss Army, we are back here in the Kiss Room, and right now we're going to talk about a great new project that's coming up called Car Jam 21, a project to celebrate the legacy of the late Eric Carr. So joining me now, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves so you'll know whose voice is who from all over the planet. Let's start off with introduce yourselves. <laughs> okay, I can start. I'm Gustav Krumfeldt. And I'm the bass player of Card Jam 21. Let me introduce you to... Philip. <laughs> you take this one. Hey, look. It's rock and roll. Philip <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, uh, I'm the guest lead guitarist on two of the tracks on Card Jam 21. And I'd like to introduce you to... Jesper Lindgren from um, uh, the band Velvet Insane. Uh, I'm playing guitar on uh, three songs on the album and i'm the founder of the project together with gustav so now you can tell by that mixed uh, mix of accents we have people from all over the planet so we have sweden and phil are you in nashville right now and i mean yeah i'm actually in atlanta right now but uh yeah the u.s so the u.s of a so we're covering the globe here. Um, obviously, I think it's exciting. Anybody that's listening to my show, they're fans of Eric Carr. And so in a new project as a tribute to Eric, this is certainly exciting. So why don't you run down just some of the origins? How did this get started? What songs can we expect to hear? Uh, obviously, there's a long list of very talented people involved in the project. Give us uh, the, the update. Yeah, it all started with uh, me and Gustav. Uh, we... We have like always spoken about uh, that we wanted to do something and uh, do something together and uh, we're two big KISS fans as well. So it was naturally that it would be KISS. So <clears throat> and uh, the rest is history or <laughs> what to say, Gustav? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's true, that, um, but we, we have spoken about doing some sort of a KISS project and we found out it was it's like 30 years since Eric passed away so we wanted to do something to celebrate the legacy of Eric Carr um, and um, Jesper and I was thinking like let's record some of his old songs that never reached to the full albums so Jesper talked to some of his friends and I talked to some of my friends and, uh, yeah, that's how it all started. You know, it's funny. I know I saw on the list you have Eyes of Love, and that was one that fl started to float around as early as Crazy Nights, Hot in the Shade. There's, there's, that song goes way back. Never was included on an official Kiss album. You know, it started to come out when there was some, some other different um, Eric Carr releases. Such an amazing song that really should have been part of a Kiss album properly and never was. And I'm actually thrilled that that, that is one of the songs on your list because it is one of my absolute favorites and i think it's one of those songs that deserves a much bigger spotlight than it ever really has gotten so that was one of the songs but how did you go along picking the songs that uh that were included on the album yeah, yeah, just, uh, uh, yes, i think both me and gustav likes uh likes eric's solo album rockology a lot uh, so we just picked out our favorites from that one so it started with with Can You Feel It and Eyes of Love. Um, and then we, when we asked the, the members to join us, uh, they decided what songs they wanted to sing. 
Um, so Dragon, he shows the uh, Snowblind from Ace Freely's solo album, and uh, Jesper Binzer from DAD, um, he picked out Lover All I Can from Dress to Kill. Excellent choices. I mean, obviously, you could pretty much put the needle anywhere on the album, anywhere, and uh, you're going to find a good song to do. Um, I think it's exciting you've gotten so many of, like you said, your friends, but it's also people that, that a lot of people will know from their other projects or, or bands that have been around. Obviously, everybody knows Phil, whether you're just on the Kiss Cruise or, you know, out with Ace Fraley and all the most fun stuff, which that's a whole other topic. We could, I'm sure we could talk at length about um, um, the tour with Alice and Ace. How was that, Phil? Oh, that was great. Um, we, it was great to get back to work, and it was great that that we did the entire tour. No show cancellations, postponements, or positive COVID tests for the entire touring party. So it was a pretty big accomplishment. That's amazing. I mean, that's especially with everything else going on in the news and certainly even some of the things that hit close to the KISS camp. The fact that you were able to... Uh, be happy and healthy, and it's good to hear that. I think that's just exciting news. And uh, can you think of one highlight from the tour? Oh man, uh, man, the hot the one the last night playing schools out with uh, Alice's band and Alice introducing, like you know us, and that that was uh, that was really really special. And just getting to know the Alice's band and crew, and Alice and his wife, and everybody are just so wonderful to to be around and work with. And I mean, it sounds cliche. Everybody says that, but it's really true in this case. Uh, we had a ball. So we're hopping all over the map. We're hopping all over the globe. I think with Jesper and Gustav, I, I have a question for you, not so much even about the album, but being fans in Sweden, what was it like? I mean, growing up here, Kiss was a band that obviously, you know, was touring even in, in the early part, East Coast, West Coast. Then, of course, they became very big. When's the first time Kiss made it to Sweden that you guys were able to catch them? Um... For me, it was uh, 2008 when they did their Alive 35 tour. Uh, so I never have I have never seen the original lineup. Okay, and how did you how did you discover Kiss? I mean, what age and and what was your first kind of experience with Kiss? My dad is a huge Kiss fan and is also a part of this project. Uh, he plays bass on he played bass on two of the songs, and I play on the two other songs. And he grew up with Kiss in the seventies, so he introduced me to uh, to the band when I was like, uh, yeah, probably five or six or something like that. And he bought me Destroyer and Love Gun on CD. Um, so um, that's my introduction to kiss shout out to your dad getting you on turned on to good music that's awesome he's probably younger than i am <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yes paul yeah um for me it's the same as for gustav i've never seen the original lineup uh, the first time i saw kiss was on the sonic boom tour in 2010 i think it was yeah, uh, and I found Kiss from an old cassette uh, that I found uh, at my grandfather's house. Uh, it's my mom's old cassette, uh, and it was a copy of uh, Double Platinum. Yeah. 
I love that. I mean, so it's parents and grandparents turning you on a kiss. I think, uh, you know, it's exciting a lot of time to find out where people jumped into kiss at what age they were and where they were. And especially in relation to Eric Carr, I mean, you figure there was Eric Carr's era, you know, some people, especially without the makeup. And that's a lot of people that was their jumping on era was the mid, you know, eighties, Eric's in for a little while with makeup and then for the most part without makeup and I think that's it's always exciting to talk to people I love that uh, you know it's a grandmother or a mother or your father or somebody turning you on to kiss maybe with a cassette maybe with a CD those are the most exciting kind of things uh, you know I always I was listening to rock and roll over then that's a celebrating anniversary and I still have my same album from 1976 and you know you realize it's those same grooves that you heard in 1976 six that still sound every bit as great you drop that needle and it's still magic and it's just like and it's managed to you know keep going all this time which is i think especially exciting you know obviously that uh you know that you're putting this together it's a way to introduce more people to songs of eric carr that maybe they don't know i mean you know obviously like something like love or all i can people know from the beginning of kiss but eyes of love something like that maybe something they don't know can you feel it even probably more obscure i mean one of those songs that really is certainly a deep deep cut you know known by really you know hardcore kiss fans but how did you decide on that one like you said you had heard it on rockology but the uh, like what made you pick that song I think it was it, it, actually it was the first song we we picked, um, I, and if we talk about rockology, can you feel it? The Eyes of Love is the most complete songs, and uh, my opinion was that can you feel it? It feels almost like it was a a hit or something. It could be a hit, and it's a really catchy. Um, so that's why I was uh, voting for that song that's fantastic i mean and one of the things i mean obviously like like i said we're talking between uh different cities here on the planet all over the world how was the recording done did you send things back and forth are you using pro tools or describe that i mean obviously in the last couple years people have gotten really good at sending things electronically because everybody was working at home you know covid and and this and that but you've got an even bigger scale being that you know you have people really all over the planet describe how was the recording done how did it get you back and forth how many people were maybe in the studio together if ever how you know take us inside that yeah so it it starts with recording the drums and we did that in my dad's studio in, in south of sweden so it was me and uh, the drummer jolle and my dad recording the drums and bass in uh, in uh, south of sweden and then we have sent the tracks to to the other members and they have uh, um, recorded their parts in their studios um yeah so i think it's done like that 
So technology really saving the day. I mean, obviously the ability to fly files back and forth effortlessly at this point. You know, uh, I think that's one of the most exciting things is that uh, in the last couple of years, people have really stepped up their game as far as home recording because everybody's had to. You know, the ability to get together was limited. So a lot of ingenious stuff started happening with people trying to do recording remote, building up their studios, getting... It's funny how a lot of people have become very good engineers out of necessity, you know, and I think that's just something that's so exciting because, uh, you know, if, if there's any upside at all that we can find out of the COVID, it was discovering that, hey, look, we can send each other files and still create these great, uh, you know, great things. And uh, so that's been exciting. And obviously now that things are starting to open back up and people are starting to get on the road, but you're able to still do this. And that's, you know, really, uh, I think probably one of the, the best takeaways of everything. I love the idea that you're working with your father, that he is, you know, helping you do this. I think in an age when, you know, as Growing up, a lot of time your dad was supposed to hate rock and roll, and I think that's kind of changed. I think everybody has realized that dads have still the best record collection. I say that as a dad myself. So, <laughs> yeah. My sweet, my, actually, my Sweden connection comes from the band that Gustav's father Martin plays bass in. It's called Bonafide, and um, the the guy Pontus Snib from that band is was my first Swedish musician friend. And that's kind of how I made more friends and ultimately how I got involved in that project is because of we started meeting. I started meeting more of the same people and more of people like Gustav and Jesper and their friends. Phil, you're a worldwide guy. You managed to travel all over the place and connect. It's pretty incredible. I mean, really, music has taken you to a lot of cool places. And that, that's exciting. What are some of the thinking about some of the places that where you've been to play music? What are some of the ones that come to your mind? Well, you know, as, being, as an international man of mystery, uh, I have uh, enjoyed a lot of... Uh, uh, actually, Sweden is, is one of my favorite places to go. I've done uh, great gigs there. We had a great gig at Grona Lund with Gene um, back in uh, uh, 17 or 18. I forget the year it was, but that was a great gig. Um, I've been there on my own doing shows. Actually, my friend Pontus had me sit in with his blues band at a bar there. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. That's exciting. I think, you know, it really, it is fun, especially watching uh, where the talisman go based on rock and roll. It's exciting, and we've kind of been able to live vicariously through all your adventures, and uh, I really appreciate that you guys definitely post a lot of great social media that lets us peer into, you know, a little bit behind the scenes, a little bit of the fun on the road. Such a good group of people, and, uh, you know, I was glad to see everybody down in Nashville when we were down there for Rock and Pod. Such a blast that it was really, you know, luckily that was uh, Rock and Pod was able to open back up as uh, COVID was maybe, maybe taking its fingers off of our collective throat for a little bit anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was great to get everybody back together again. You know, and really such a fun event. I mean, obviously Chris and everybody who put that together, such a such a big lift to make that happen. But all these kind of things, you know, the fact that you guys are still able to continue with a project like this and to do some music and recruit so many of your friends it's really fantastic and i think this is really an exciting thing now obviously what you're talking about is getting um are you looking to do any crowdfunding or something it says all the proceeds are going to from the pre-order are going to cover the cost of vinyl so what's the situation for people to order this and when when can we expect it to really be available for kiss fans all over the planet 
Um, we uh, actually did a Kickstarter campaign um, to uh, finance the the presence of the of the vinyl. Uh, so everything is covered by that. So and uh, I, the the release date of this album is the seventh of uh, January. So early, really early next year, people will get it. See, that's perfect. It's right in time for my birthday, which is the 5th. So it'll be just, you know, anybody that wants to, you know, give me one for birth, my birthday, even better. So I think it's really exciting. I mean, obviously, anytime there's some new music, um, and I love the fact that in a lot of ways, it's fans doing music for fans. You know, you guys are KISS fans, and I think we all start off as KISS fans. And it's, it's exciting when a project like this comes around because you've got so many talented people but it really all starts with the fact we love these songs. I mean, it's just really, that's the thing that I find to be the unifying kind of tie of KISS fans all over the planet. We just want to turn this stuff up and rock. So congrats to you. I mean, obviously, it's it's an exciting project. What kind of things would you want, like what kind of information would you want to share with the KISS Army that's listening all over the planet in regards to this release? It will be released on vinyl. Um, but also on cassette tape. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, and of course, digital. Um, the vinyl will have some extra perks, or so to and, say. And, and if I may, uh, yeah. I really have to stress uh, the importance of getting a hard copy of this because the, the talk of Matt, you mentioned uh, it being a fan project. The packaging in this is it absolutely blew me away uh just the look of everything every detail it's got all kinds of cool easter eggs on the cover and the back cover it comes with all kinds of cool extras like all good kiss like re-releases do and should it's really 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 fantastic i can't stress uh enough about how great the design and the packaging is and gustav had a lot to do with that um, and yeah, the guys just did an un unbelievably awesome job in putting it together. You really got to get a hard copy. So where can people go? What's the website? Give me the .com and all the socials where people can find out all about this, can make sure to get a copy, can uh, buy me a copy for my birthday, all that stuff. Tell us where it's at. You can find it on uh, our social media, all the information you need, uh, Instagram and Facebook. Just Search for Cariam21, and um, you can order the album uh, in the beginning of January or on soundpollution.com. So if they search out Car Jam, Car Jam 21 and soundpollution.com, correct? Yeah. Perfect. I mean, that's that's the exciting thing. Vinyl, it's like you said, you were able to discover Kiss off an old cassette of double platinum. These things need to exist physically so the next generation can get turned on to Kiss. And you guys are doing it, and that's important. The uh, So I, mean, I think really that's the most exciting thing. Everybody that's listening within the sound of my voice all the way from Atlanta to Sweden back here to Bluebell, PA, needs to get a copy of this, crank it up, celebrate the legacy of Eric Carr with Car Jam 21. Guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and chat with me in the Kiss Room. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Anytime.
All right, well, guys, thanks a million for joining us in the Kiss Room. And to get us kind of psyched up, we're going to play just a snippet of the first single, which is Can You Feel It? I'm not going to play the whole thing because everybody out there has got to order it. But this is a snippet of Can You Feel It? from Car Jam 21. And you're in the Kiss Room on Mako Radio, where music and minds meet. All right, Kiss Army, we're back. Obviously, that was Jesper Lindgren, Gustav Kronfeld, and Philip Schaus talking about Car Jam. If you want the address, I have it on the front page of thekissroom.com. It is soundpollution.se forward slash SV forward slash shop forward slash CJ2101. So it's a little bit to remember, but if you just go to thekissroom.com, you can click on it. I really appreciate those guys. I think it's the middle of the night in Sweden. You know, and, and Skype is a wonderful thing, although my mic when I'm on Skype doesn't sound as good as my mic when I'm on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. I got a little bit more time. I'm going to send you off with another song here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. Yeah, 
Kiss Army, that song is for all of you, the the very hardcore Kiss fans. If you've listened to me all this time, I really appreciate it. There's only so many laps around the track. I'm glad you spent some of your time driving around with me. That's always nice. Thanks to Jesper Lindgren, Gustav Kronfeldt, Philip Schaus, and of course, Anthony DeLucia, who all spent time with me today in the Kiss Room. And thank you to you for spending time with me in the Kiss Room. We talked about a lot of things, obviously, like I said, if you're just tuning in now. But hey, look, go back and listen to the replay. Uh, if you can drop a couple dollars into the Rock and Stock Fund for here at Montgomery County Community College, I would certainly appreciate that. Uh, if you want to check out all these different projects, Car Jam 21, you can go to Sound Pollution dot se forward slash sv forward slash shop forward slash cj2101 or zero one it's not an o or just search car jam 21 you'll find all their social medias obviously uh if you want to check out the ancient door project they're releasing that album you can also check out cameron duty will have them on his live unplugged the music of kiss uh podcast you can get that uh, Anthony DeLucia, obviously Live 75, coming to an end, but we've had a great fun time with them. If you can make it out to their show, I know tickets are going to be limited, but uh, they are fantastic. I love that whole group. I'm so glad Anthony could come on and talk to me. Huge shout-out, obviously, Kiss Room House Band, nailing it again. I, If you could have been here and seen me dancing around, you don't want to see it, but you might imagine it. So, look, I just want to wish you all a very happy Kiss Army Day. Obviously, everybody knows November 21st, Regarded uh, in by many as the birth of the Kiss Army, shout out Bill Starkey, Jay Evans, all those young people who started the push back in 1975 in Terre Haute, Indiana, and uh, continue that through this day. So obviously everybody that's going to celebrate Kiss Army Day coming up. And look, obviously Thanksgiving, whether you're, you know, wherever you are in the planet, you're listening to the sound of my voice, but I mean, obviously wherever you are, hope you can find something to be thankful for. I am thankful for you if you're healthy, if you're happy, if you're finding time to spend in the kiss room. Look, life can't be all that bad, right? It must be good. And I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. I hope that you have a lot of fun. Uh, you know, obviously we'll be back here in December. We'll have a Christmas party. We'll wrap up the year here in the kiss room and hopefully you will all join me. There's a lot of things to do on the planet. I'm glad you spend some time here in the kiss room. Stay tuned for Seriously Zappa. Seriously Zappa comes up here on Monaco Radio. There are tons of great programs here on Monaco Radio that you can tune into. Go to MonacoRadio.com schedule page. Find more of those things. Hopefully you'll join us back here for the Rock and Stock Marathon coming up. If you uh, are just listening to this and it's December, hey, look, join us live in December here on Monaco Radio where music and minds meet. Have the best time ever. People, I love you. I hope you're doing well. And I'm going to wrap it up, and I'm going to just turn it over to Seriously Zappa. And you're in the Kiss Room right here on Monaco Radio, where music and minds meet. You have been one hell of an audience tonight. Why don't you give yourselves a round of applause? tell you something you know a lot of bands like to brag about their fans now naturally you better believe we brag about you but we want you to know something we want you to know we know that you are our fans but don't you ever forget we are your fans we love you
Thank you for listening to The Kiss Room. Stay tuned to Montco Radio. last minute crazy things you want to say to conform with expectations no but i will say something to anybody out there that's you know the weird guy or the weird girl that always has the weird things that they do that their friends put them down for don't think it's so weird maybe someday somebody lets you give you the chance to make a living out of it you just stick to it you'd be weird <laughs> <laughs>